if every single person had the same characteristics and traits in the company behaviorally, then you wouldn't want all those people working together because you wouldn't have a dynamic company. Hey guys, welcome to the Wine, Whiskey and Weed Show. I'm here with Josh Rand and he is the CEO and founder of Bear Force. I think that's what I remember, Force Brands now. Uh, many, many other things. Uh, Josh, I think you'll have to give everyone an introduction again. But I'm really excited to talk to you about you know, leadership. And I think in your title, you also write motivational chief, right? So I really want to know how you motivate your team, you know, how you are scaling growth and really, you know, what, what, how has leadership changed, right? So personally, I have some questions for you as well. Uh, yeah. So excited to have you, Josh. Thanks. Thanks again for joining me here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be, be on the podcast and I appreciate you, the, the invitation. It's been a while since we've had the opportunity to chat. So I'm really looking forward to it as well. So Josh, I think uh, let, let's start with, you know, uh, leadership, right? So define leadership. What does it mean to you and how do you see leadership? Leadership to me means one thing, and that means people want to follow you. And leaders can lead many different ways, just like parents can lead many different ways. And I feel that empowering other people to tap into their strengths and their magic so they can contribute at the highest level and feel good about themselves is an incredible quality of a leader. And it's something I work on all the time. You know, as a leader, I have coaches that help craft my leadership style. And I try to do the same for our team. So so mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of listening. You know, it's a lot of learning. It's it's incredible feedback and finding a way um, to add value to everyone's day. So they don't just feel like they're working. They feel like they're contributing at the highest level and they want to continue mm -hmm. to do the things for the group they're collectively working with. I think one of the challenges which many of us face is really uh, stop doing things and, you know, uh, focusing on training and sort of meetings, mentoring, you know, uh, going one-on-one -on -one or empowering, as you said, right? Uh, it's, it's very hard for you to, you know, uh, put an effort in an individual where, for example, you know, you know that it's just a short term, you know, that person's not going to be with you forever and ever, right? So how do you yourself convince that, okay, it, it is what it is? Uh, but still, still, let me just, you know, uh, groom this person, develop this person and give my best. Right. Uh, and on, 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 I mean, basically what I'm trying to tell you is there is a fine balance between how much you want to put your time and energy versus you yourself being an executor. I'm a firm believer in coaching and development. And mm. in our organization, Force Brands, we have a, a leadership coaching and mentorship infrastructure. Um, to support all of our C-suite executives, our VP executives, our directors, our managers, everyone that has a specific team structure that they're responsible mm -hmm. for mentoring, coaching, and developing, regardless of the tenure of those employees, because one never knows if someone's going to stay for six months or is going to stay for mm -hmm. six years, you hope longer, but giving them the tools, um, the empathy, the ability to be vulnerable with their teams, um, the, the 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 actual structure um, to develop, motivate, and coach your teams is vital. And I believe that, you know, at the leadership level, um, providing those tools is hugely valuable because you learn so much about yourself. And as we grow mm. and as we work, you know, we have I don't know, 70 something people at Force Brands and 15 to 20 at Pinata. And, you know, 
we have we have these different groups. Um, everyone requires attention, and what you can get out of sometimes your 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 your, your early stage employees can be even more valuable. You know, as far as intelligence mm-hmm. um, that you can get out of the U.S. senior level employees that have been there for a while. So I feel like you can't take um, shortcuts in training people um, and coaching and developing mm-hmm. them because it requires constant mentorship. So I always feel with with your team development, leadership training, you get out of it what you put into it. You know, if you, there's a lot of people that have, you know, talent and there's a lot of people that have skills, but making sure those skills are appropriate for your specific organization or your specific mission and, and ensuring alignment with un, other functional thought leaders. So sales is connected to marketing, marketing is connected to finance, finance is connected to mm-hmm. operations. All those things require leadership conversations, talks, and very often they're the in-between moments. It's not about what happens mm-hmm. on the Zoom. It's after the strategy yeah. meeting. And now that we're not all in offices every day, those in-between moments become even more challenging when someone says, I wish I understood what that meant. And it's hard to say, oh, can I get you on a Zoom mm-hmm. for 10 minutes to ask about that, especially if you're a more junior level employee. So we find um, having taking time to, um, we're trying to get much better at this now that the world's getting back together um, post-pandemic getting together mm-hmm. for leadership retreats, getting together for management meetings mm-hmm. and letting people nice. spend real time to understand what's valuable about the people they work with. Leaders want to understand mm-hmm. how other leaders want to be communicated to. Not everyone wants to be communicated to with the same style. That's part of leadership. Understanding the nuances of the humans that you work with. If every single person had the same characteristics and traits in the company, behaviorally then you wouldn't want all those people working together because you wouldn't have a dynamic company you wouldn't have a, you wouldn't have a diverse mm-hmm. company so we were constantly working on this and we have talks about this all the time internally and externally it's a great question but i believe that coaching and mentoring and putting that time in to train people is a lot more valuable than getting people in not training them and you've seen the results i mean it's practical right you, you you've seen it like you've seen you know, uh, that you spending that, let's say, 40 hours on five people is more ROI positive. You know, you've seen that, I believe, right? That's why you do what that. What more ROI positive than not spending the time, giving giving it 90 days to figure out they're not working out, then they're giving them another 90 days to put them in our performance plan. Then they don't work out. Then they leave the company. Then it takes another three to six months to recruit for that same role. And then you're a year out because you didn't put the time in. tried to find a new Mm. employee. So I believe it's not Mm. about just about recruitment. It's about retaining the talent. It's about making Mm. sure. One of the, one of the things I find Josh a problem is, you know, sometimes you go too early, like as a leader, you can sense it. Like this is the future leader, right? When it, even if it's a young person, you know, that that person you want to develop, it's got, you got that. Right. So there you always are planning successions, all of this, because that's the vulnerability, right? As a CEO, you just want to make sure if you have a sales manager, you always are looking for the next sales manager, right? Yeah. So uh, basically, sometimes I've noticed that it's too early and then they fail and then, you know, they just get disappointed. So when do you approach uh, them for, hey, I, I believe in you, for example, you know, like, is there a time you wait? Like, okay, six months, do not let them prove heads down. And then Josh, the owner goes there and says, okay, you know, you know, here's here's what we have in plan for you. Well, you know, I, I, that's a great question as well. I believe that it's about 
consistent feedback loops. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the traditionally, you know, 10 years ago, a lot of employees would quarterly, they'd review each other. They, they the company would tell you how you're performing based on expectations. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe you'd get feedback from the employee to see how they're feeling and where they mm-hmm. want to go and, you know, what their career goals and aspirations are. And very rarely was there like a 360 feedback loop. Nowadays, in addition to that, reviews, performance reviews are table stakes. You know, you got to do that. You know, some people, companies say, I don't have time to do that. Everyone's too busy. Well, people want to know how they're performing. It's just like in a marriage or relationship. How are we doing? (laughs) You know, how am I doing as a parent? How am I doing as a husband, as a wife, as, as a spouse, whatever, as a partner? This is the same in business. How are we doing together? How can we further Mm -hmm. develop to make sure that we're providing you with a roadmap so you're able to achieve what you want? And by the way, it's our responsibility as an organization to let you know what your career path looks like. You should have Mm -hmm. visibility into what your career path looks like in six months, two years, three years. And here are the different tracks, even if you're a small company. Because people mm. want to know where they're headed, and I believe. So, you, do you believe to... in organizational chart? You, you oh, believe in that theory of? I believe in organizational. Where... I believe in organizational design. Organizational mm. design. Whether what you, does that whether mean? Tree, whether it's a tree or whether it's it, it, it's a module, <laughs> you know. And what, what that means is what what that means is us as business owners, we have we have we have roadmaps, you know. And we have we have plans, and we have projections, and they never ever um, are one hundred percent accurate. You're never going to put together a business plan or a model projection where everything is accurate to the penny. It's a living, breathing thing. Mm. But when humans choose to join an organization, they want to know what their future looks like, because if if not, True. they just have a job. I just have a job, and I have mm. a job to do, and that's all it is, opposed to a career. So I believe that designing mm. the infrastructure and the organization, and we work with so many great CHROs and VPs of recruitment and talent, and sometimes organizations don't have that, but really good operators, they're thinking about how their organization is building for the future because typically the number one or two line item you know, on their, uh, 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 on their P&L as far as cost structure, use of proceeds is people. So if you're, if, if mm. you're gonna spend all this money on people, and not take the time to design it in a way where it's configured so they understand how to interact with each other in order to grow and develop, you're selling yourself short as an organization. So I firmly believe in organizational design, but I don't believe on an org chart that sits in a closet that no one sees. (laughs) I don't believe Mm -hmm. in, in a mission statement that sits on a plaque on a wall that no one reads and can recite. Like that, 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 that Mm -hmm. makes no sense. But if you use it and you this then hmm. becomes kind of a, a reference point as you're looking to scale your business and, and you're achieving expectations beyond your wildest dreams or not, you can recalibrate that. And people hmm. fit in the organization based on their experience, their skills and where they want to go. So these are so that's a big part of leadership. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great brands out there, great brands, but it doesn't mean they're great companies. The mm. ones that go and experience significant scale growth and then achieve a liquidity event, or then they you know build a platform and acquire others, it's because they have great teams. And great teams require communication. 
And great teams require transparent, visible leadership. So the more companies focus on that, the higher the likelihood the goals they set will be achieved because the people are the ones that achieve those goals. I'm sure, you know, uh, you gone through the pains of self-learning, right? You had to become a better leader. You every do yourself day. every day, right? So when, yeah. especially, you know, when you're trying uh, to, you know, uh, go through that phase of SOPs, policies, structures, you know, like let's reverse like two years before, right? For example, when you were like 30, 40 people, I'm sure you had to put a lot of uh, emphasis on, you know, the procedures and whatnot, right? So, uh, like, what kind of self-learning do you do? Because, I mean, I'm sure you have some weaknesses. And, you know, how do you, who did you ask that? Okay, you know, how did you change, like, Josh version two, right? Like, uh, like you were maybe, you know, you didn't have candor. Or what, what were your weaknesses and how did you learn? Where did you start? I think that's a great question. You know, our company 2.0, and I feel like every day is kind of day one. And it's actually, we're celebrating our 15th year anniversary this year, which is crazy. Um, is recognizing what I don't know and being really open about my vulnerabilities. And if, as a company, as you grow, if, if you reach a point, in my opinion, where you can do and manage all the other functions better than anyone else in the business, made the wrong decision. If I can manage sales and I can manage recruitment and I can manage marketing and I can manage human resources, I can manage finance and I can manage operations better than all my executives, I haven't done a good job of building a team. And so I put myself around other founders and other thought leaders because I coach other founders and thought leaders and how to scale their business all the time. It's what I love to do. And then we help them recruit for specific roles as well. That's that's really my passion. But you know, sitting down, you know, with a lot of other great founders and thought leaders from other industries, like in my YPO forum in my group, and just talking about areas of um of of, of vulnerability blind spots really helps. Mm. So I got to a point probably three years ago, maybe it's actually closer to five years ago. So we need to bring an incredible executive um, to manage a CHRO, um, Rachel, who's phenomenal, um, to manage all of the human resources, policies, and procedures that's operationally savvy, that's done this for other organizations, but it the specific inflection point that we're at. So I believe when you bring mm. in really skilled people, you want to make sure that they've been engaged at the stage of journey that you're looking to embark upon. So if you're a $20 million business looking to scale to 50, it's probably good to have someone that's done that in sales or or operations. If you're looking to scale from 50 to, to, to 150, those are different skill sets. So finding people that have those skill sets that love to strategically execute at that level is the magic. Just because someone's resume says that they were a specific company that reached a specific stage doesn't mean they want to be engaged at the level that you are. So I always, every year, revisit the business and I say, where are we in each function? Um, how do we level up our existing team? And where are the gaps? Do we need to bring in other leadership You know, at the senior level, the mid-level to help to make sure that we can achieve what we've set out to achieve? So I would say that for me, it's about hiring great people and talking to other mm -hmm. leaders that have done the same thing and realizing no one's perfect. No one's ever done this before. Even if you've built another business before that scaled and exited or that just became highly profitable with huge EBITDA, it doesn't mean you've ever done it in this specific business that you're running at this specific time frame because this is new. Every day is changing. Mm -hmm. You've got to yeah. bring the right people around you. You know, advisors, board members, friends, you know, 
um, um, mm. entrepreneur groups. It's awesome. So we built a whole new division um, that we're launching called Impactful, which is about uh, which we're going to hear a lot more about in the next you know three to four weeks post Labor Day which is about bringing impactful leadership to organizations, um, board members, advisors, Hmm. C-suite executives, not just about bringing the person in um, to run the business, but full integration of their existing leadership teams and beyond. Because this is such an important thing, especially with the talent landscape today too. I mean, one, it's hard to get great people. Two, it's harder to keep them. How do you keep them? You keep them by putting really smart people around them that have high emotional intelligence and you bring in great coaching systems. If you can, you can justify it and you make sure you get the best out of the team and they get the best out of each other. True. Uh, how do you listen to your employees, right? Like on the floor, there's sort of uh, you always want to make sure that the pulse is right. The positivity is right. The culture is right. You know, uh, are there any like tactics, practical stuff? For example, what I, I usually do is you now there's all this two or three characters who are high in energy that are just doing the function of energy for the office, right? Like they are so positive that everyone just loves them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so do you play intentionally uh, any of those things? And then I do one-to-one, for example, I make sure that every six months I'm touching with my 60 people. And somehow I know that, okay, this is, you know, I, I know that this two are the, the diamonds out of it, for example, but yeah. are there two or yeah. three things that you sort of do uh, yeah. to just make sure everything is intact? Yeah, there are always those cultural stewards in the company that just bring mm-hmm. the positivity and the energy that give you a great read of what's happening. And you can tell by their energy level, too, and mm-hmm. how they do it, like what, what's going on. And it was really hard during the pandemic because people were stuck inside, you know, mental health and well-being. It was real. People couldn't see their family and friends. That was a really tough thing. But what we what, what we found was um, when people weren't talking and expressing themselves, that was a problem. If people that are your cultural stewards or, um, you know, humans that have decided to join your organization that used to be really communicative have stopped communicating, you got a problem on your hands. Um, mm-hmm. Because then they've gotten to a point where they just they don't want to say anything. They don't think their voice is heard or they don't really care as much. And so mm-hmm. I would say that getting a read from those kind of like cultural thought leaders in the organizations, one thing, getting a lead, getting a read from leadership is one thing. But like, I try to do it unprompted. Like, I'll just, I'll follow up with people individually, not when mm. it's scheduled. It's like, how are, how you doing? What's going on? Like, and I ask them, I always want to know, what can we do better? What can we do better? Tell me, like, what are you looking to accomplish? And sometimes the best intel and the best feedback that I get are from the team members that are earlier in their career, because they're so fresh, you know? They're thinking mm-hmm. about the ideal work environment and what they want. And they're talking to customers or they're talking to our team and they want to contribute. So I always say to our team, and I hope they understand that as being authentic, is like, if you have a recommendation or you have a, a you know, a suggestion, make it. And we're going to take this suggestion mm-hmm. and we'll try to put it to use if it makes sense. But if we can't, we'll let you know why. We'll let you we'll always close the loop. So I do these open um, CEO office hours now. We just start doing them again once a month where anyone can sit in and, to, and, and mm. ask me questions, ask me questions, anything. And so they come to your room and they can, I mean, you mean it's a Zoom call and they can just ask questions? Zoom unless it's in person, but lately it's been Zoom. Yeah, because we have people in like 20 something states. Is that one to one or a group thing? It's a group thing. And they can okay. ask me whatever they want. They can grill me. 
They don't can... don't you think they they always are shy in the group sort of environment? The new one, the juniors especially. Well, what I let them know through that you'd be surprised. Some are, but not every one of the company joins. Usually, I do this open at five seven people join right, and just because mm-hmm. everyone's really busy. But the intel and the feedback that I get is incredible. It, like it's some of the best, mm-hmm. and they'll make suggestions. I'll say, oh, so what? What, what do you call that? Open office. Is I just call it open open office hours. And what yeah. are the what are the what is the theme of that? Like what what do you allowed come, to ask? Come ask me anything, anything, okay. and you won't be evaluated. Mm-hmm. You won't you 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 won't be evaluated. None of this has anything to do with your performance. This is an opportunity for us to connect human to human, to share your thoughts mm-hmm. and ideas, or ask me any questions that you have about the business. And uh, and then what do you ask back. them? You know, I don't what? I I don't I ask what we can do better. Okay. How do we improve? But then they ask me the questions. Mm-hmm. And so it's an opportunity for them to inquire. And I love that because I do enough talking in life. People are sick of hearing me talk. So I, I, I like to hear our team talk. And and some of the ideas that they come up with, we'll process it and we'll come back a couple weeks later and say, these four ideas were amazing. Two of these we're going to do. And here's how we're going to do them. The other ones we have to figure out how to um evolve that idea because we think it's a good one mm-hmm. but th- there's there's a bigger play here so let us work with you so then i'll follow up with the individual um you know um creator of that thought <laughs> and say let's can we talk a little bit more about that or i'll say here's why we can't do it just so you know we mm-hmm. have a lot of priorities right now but i really think that's valuable so the thing is like feedback loop you know it's like with a kid if mm-hmm. a kid has a really good idea and they feel like they're their parents didn't listen to them, they're going to lose confidence. Mm. They're not going to come mm. back to you with another idea. They're not going to be open with you. Same thing in a company. You know, if someone has an idea and they don't feel they're listened to, they're not going to come to you with great ideas. And where do the great ideas mm. come from? It's not just the founder or the CEO. It's the people in the organization that are doing all the work every day in different areas. Mm. So I'm a big believer in that. And so it, it's, it's worked so- out well. Yeah. Got it. Let me ask you a little, uh, maybe a personal uh, a question on how you develop yourself, right? You know, uh, usually, I mean, I, I I believe that there's always a right hand and a left hand that you really need that support, right? You always have that two or three inner circle. I'm talking about inner circle, right? So sure. who, what's how have you designed your inner circle to allow you to keep scaling so that you as a founder can keep on thinking to scale because you know that these are some heavy shoulders so we're going to do heavy lifting around you right so what is, what is the strategy behind who are these people and how you know what what do you do with them it's my it's my direct leadership team and okay. all of us it really is i believe my leadership team um, becomes the most incredible source of information and energy different levels of energy some are more mm-hmm. reserved. Some are electric with positivity. You know, mm-hmm. some are you know backward looking. Some are forward looking. And so mm, I like that. What, we, what we've designed is um, we have an incredible um, leadership coach that trains our whole leadership team, and we have multiple coaches in our organization. But we have one leadership coach that coaches our leadership, our core C-suite group, and it's incredible when he sits in our leadership meetings and understands our major priorities and where we're headed and our objectives and KPIs and talks to everyone on a weekly basis. But then he, he kind of threads the needle. And so whenever we have like, you know, a real, you know, um, important conversation that needs to take place, 
he'll join the call with us and really help express what both sides are looking to accomplish because he's very clear about our company objective, my personal beliefs on the uh, on the opportunity or the challenge, this other person's personal belief, and make sure that there's total alignment so we walk mm. away from that conversation or that strategic meeting that could have been typically really challenging everything is everything is said and everything is clearly communicated if we miss it he'll make sure to sculpt that so we walk away with the most powerful part of nice. the uh, of me of, of the conversation and is that person like a paid consultant or in in your own company you have that person Oh no, it's a paid it's a paid strategist. Yes. Okay. Our whole we we invest significantly in coaching. And uh oh. but it, it's like he's almost he's like family now. I mean, we just had a yeah. huge leadership meeting last week and he sat in on the whole thing and you know, there was a couple times where he's like, "Why well, believe what you meant to communicate was this?" Or I believe what you were hoping to communicate was this. And everyone's like, "Exactly." And so we have like this nice. kind of like uh patriarchal matriarchal like kind of like like layer um you know above us that holds us all mm. accountable it's not oh my title is ceo and yours is you know a vp of finance or yours mm. is cso it's like we are all partners in this let's discuss how we can achieve what it is that's important to all of us and so, so let me and- ask you a, a follow up question on that let's say you have your five amazing leadership right with you uh you have all department heads out there uh and then you you as a founder i mean want to keep growing right you're reinvesting you just want to because you know that the ex- i mean five years compounding is much better than taking the money out right now and so on right you you keeping on going because you have different ambition than maybe your your top manager right so there comes the entitlement for example that i worked 12 years it's time for me to enjoy life for example your manager says that to you and for you it's like time to keep on going still because you want to keep on growing the company so how do you explain and get out of five that maybe two are just like done and like you know how do you communicate but at the same time they're putting a lot of sweat and equity and blood in building and helping you you know what do you do with such uh, cases uh, you just let them go or you sort of uh, you know put yeah, them aside okay. and well you know that's a really interesting thing and it's like i used to think about it is work life balance and then i started looking at it as uh is work life harmony and now i just look at it as life <laughs> you have a life you know you have your career you have your job you have you know your friends you have your personal interests mm-hmm. you have your family if you're fortunate to have that and you've got to really love what you do and i believe that it's really important to understand if there's a specific area in life where people feel maxed out or taxed out or burnout why is that the case is mm. it because we make you feel that way or mm. is it because you make yourself feel that way and if it's because we're making you feel that way and you want to be there what can we do to better communicate because i'm not as stressed about this as you are what is mm. it making you feel a high level of anxiety professionally and if it's something we can solve together great if it's not and it's just that you've reached a point after this period of time where you no longer wake up and you're stimulated in the morning and you no longer um feel fulfilled and you no longer love what you're doing every day guess what you probably shouldn't do it now if i can help you mm. find peace where you really feel like this is the life i want to live because i'm spending 
40 hours a week or 60 hours a week or whatever that time frame is doing this and I really love it, I'm going to get the best work out of you because you're going to love what you're doing. It works for everyone. But if you're showing up every day and you're dragging and you don't really enjoy it, it's not good for you. And it's not good for us as an organization because you're not bringing your A game and you're not being your best. And so there are times in life where I've had really good people that I've worked with and so many other founders and CEOs and boards I've worked with say like, this was mm-hmm. such an incredible person at this stage of the company, but it's just time to let them explore. It's time to let them grow and mm-hmm. do something else. And so identifying that as long as someone had integrity and as long as they were honest and as long as they did really good work and put a lot into it while they were here, if it's time for them to leave and they just really feel like they need something else in life, I think it's just just fine and acceptable to say, we wish you only the best, you know? Mm-hmm. In, in some, we say the door is always open and some, you know, might not be the right fit moving on, but that's okay um, mm. because people have the right to find other relationships in life, mm. personally. Got it. So that's how we look at it. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, let's talk about goal setting, right? Like how uh, you, let's say you were doing an example, uh, $20 million dollars and you want to achieve a revenue growth of $5 million in the next following year, right? So uh, I believe you have to first see that you're capable financially, operationally, that your teams are there to take more and so on, right? Uh, how do you come up with those targets? Like, okay, I, I want to grow this much. What is it based on? Like, you know, how do you just design your targets? Well, I try to remove all limitations. Okay. And I'm a big manifester and I'm very goal oriented. I'm staring at four whiteboards with several goals, family goals, professional financial goals, personal goals, investment goals in front of me right now, which you can't see. Very nice. I like And I look at them. I look at them every day and I look at them and I don't just look at it. I, I close my eyes and I, and I think about how it feels when I achieve that. And really, if I want to grow a business from from 35 to 50 or 35 to 70 it's it's no different we put we we put invisible limitations in our way because we're trained mm-hmm. to believe that it takes 10 years to 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 achieve this th- this level of success where the reality is it could take 18 months if you did the right thing there's a lot of ways to get there so you have to so first i go ahead and i do um kind of vision planning myself on where i believe things are headed and what we're capable of accomplishing based on macro and some some micro insights and then I'll I'll go to the team and I'll say here's what I here's what I believe mm-hmm. I want to figure a way to get there let's talk about mm-hmm. I, I already I already told you why I want to get here and this is what we're going to do let's figure out how we're going to get there and I let the team work on the operational forecast budget plan alongside me to figure that out and we'll come back and we'll say hmm some of this seems a little out of left field let's figure out why some of this feels really concrete and some of this feels like we're not looking at it appropriately and we'll Mm -hmm. go we'll make an iterative process but as far as like goal setting is concerned i've never basically I've I've never really set a major goal in life I haven't achieved. Thank God, thank goodness. As long as I'm healthy. Mm. Now there have mm. been budgets I've missed. There's been forecasts that I've missed, but I always end up achieving what it is that we set to achieve. 
And Mm -hmm. I believe that's because you can't always nail timing, you know, timing's Mm -hmm. tough and, you know, it's different, you know, you know, when, um, when, when you have investors that you have to report yeah, to. No, I get it. It's, it's like you're going to say that we're going to go there. It's going to take us one year or two years, but we will go there, right? That's what we're going to get there. We're going to exactly. get there. Yeah. And we're going to have to adjust. And by the way, if we don't yeah. get there fast enough and we, you know, in our, in our, um, you know, SGNA was way too heavy or mm. cost of sales was way too heavy. We're going to trim it back for a little while mm. to recalibrate till we feel we can get there, but we're going to what this, this main thing is, uh, you want to test yourself, your personal capability. Is that how you think? Like, for example, I, I want to know how much I'm capable of. Like when I retire or when I look back, I at least tested my limits. Is What's your main reason to keep on going? No regrets. No regrets. Challenge mm-hmm. myself. Stimulate myself. I mean, I believe in building really successful businesses uh, that, that are that 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 are able to achieve things that no one ever thought we could myself mm-hmm. included, because I believe in conscious capitalism. And when we, when we achieve all that, we're going to give it all back. Anyway, we're going to give it mm-hmm. all back. The The more successful the businesses is, the more money we will have to contribute to society and give back to people. And that's mm-hmm. my mission as a human to leave the, the, the biggest impact on the planet that I can and say like, when I'm done with this whole thing at the end of the world, at the end of my world, I mm-hmm. want to know that I left this place in a much better place than it was when I got here and have an imprint. Well, I believe I can do that through business. I believe do you I get do you, do you get burnt out? Uh, like, let's say you had a very hard, you know, like 12 weeks and then oh, you're like, do you, does that sort of moments uh, come? Of course. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we all do. I, I've gotten a lot better at it. I'm 45 now. I have two little boys that... Are eleven and eight, and they fill me up much more. I used to just burn the candle at both ends, and I realized—I mean, from like five in the morning till two in the morning—I realized I couldn't get the best out of wow. myself there. I need more mm. sleep. I need to exercise. I need breath work. I need you know to eat really clean. I need to to take time with my wife on vacations. Like I need space. So I believe if I'm feeling really burnt out, I step away. I think let, let me let me go there in your mind. Yeah. Like it's so funny for me. What happens is okay. At one side, it says you want to grow and you want to do this, and on other side, you know you are cutting down your hours, and then you're yourself saying, "How the fuck you're going to grow? Like you're not putting in the work." You know, it's just contradictory to the goal you're setting, uh, and it puts pressure on you, right? Yourself, yeah. because on one side you know that it's work ethic. That's what it's going to get the job done. Yeah, and you know how how have you? navigated this kind of things so it's so it's actually that's a really that's a wonderful question thank you for asking that and diving a little bit deeper it's different type of work like when you're an entrepreneur you're a founder Mm -hmm. or ceo or it could be any position you could be a vp and just love what you do you know it's not like you can turn it off like Mm -hmm. i i I, I can go away for a week and not think about my business when I, I mean, mm. I could, I could not check emails and I'm still thinking about my business because I love my business and I love the people that I work with. So we had our kid, our kids went to sleepaway camp in upstate New York this summer. And my wife and I had time to, to travel and I can work remotely anywhere. And I made a conscious decision not to have all my recurring meetings set up. Mm. My, you know, my 10 o'clock, my 12 o'clock, my one o'clock, all my leaders I said, you all lead. I'm going to, I'm going to take some space. Well, the amount of work that I was able to get done because I had time to think about how all the things fit together 
and how our customers can be better served and catered to and how our team can get better support was so valuable because I wasn't at my computer administratively pushing, 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 grinding. Mm. I was thinking about strategically how to lift the business. And Mm. if you don't take the time to get away, to step away from the noise, it's going to be very hard to ever lift the business and take it to the next level. So, Mm. so I, I really try to take long weekends. I try to, you know, get away with my family and the, my mornings are my time. Like mm. morning, you know, work So out. walk us over your routine, you know, what time you get up and what's your alone time and whatnot, you know? I get up around probably 5.30, 6. I never look at electronics for the first 21 minutes of the day. 21 minutes. Never. 21 minutes. Why is that? 21 minutes um, because the brain needs time. To acclimate to light, it needs cold water. But why twenty one? Um, why not thirty? Um, it was a, it was, it was, it was a, it was a really cool TED talk I listened to. Okay, and there's yeah, there's there's neuroscience behind it, um, okay. but not staring at a screen. Hmm. And uh, and then I'll typically um, write down my goals for the day in a little book and some things that I appreciate, mm-hmm. a little gratitude, but like the things that I want to accomplish that day, like 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 macro things or just something i'm grateful for and mm. um and then usually i get a workout in i'll have a cold brew and i take my kids to school i try to take my kids to school three days a week four days a week and i just love that it fills me up it's like if i can't spend time with my kids what's the point of having them mm. if i'm in town mm. and i'm able to and then i usually have uh i i i, I try to have meetings team meetings from like nine to 11, 11.30. Then I keep open space from like 11.30 to one. And then like one to four, I'll take meetings, clients, our internal meetings. And then after four, I don't have standing meetings because it gives me the ability mm-hmm. in the middle of the day, if I have a thought to process in between meetings, and I always leave 15 minutes in between each meeting. If I'm jumping from meeting to meeting to meeting to mm-hmm. meeting to meeting, it's really hard for me to recap the last meeting. Like if I get off with you and then I jump on another call, I can't say to myself, Shoot, mm. what, was the th- what were the three things that were really valuable from the talk that Sid just asked me? Let me write those down. Mm. Let me think about that. And then I go to the next meeting. And sometimes it's tough because mm. emergencies happen and things are really important and slack and you get hit. But, but, I, but as far as scheduling, I try to create a little space. And after four o'clock Pacific, nice. I, don't, I don't really schedule meetings. No. I'm going for a walk with a founder today at 4.30 because we're going for a walk, you know, and and that's awesome. But I don't have the recurring uh, because I need the space as a thought leader to think. <laughs> I need to think, mm-hmm. I need the space at the beginning of the day to be way ahead of everyone else, to know exactly what we're looking to accomplish today, what to anticipate at the end of the day, to frame it, to say, mm-hmm. what happened today? How do we better prepare for tomorrow? And then every day, every night, I look at the schedule um, of the following day and I clean it up, but I know exactly what I'm going into. And like, mm. I look at the agenda for each meeting. So I'm really prepared and I'm focused on those meetings. So, fantastic. You know, yeah. So that's typically how I structure my day. Uh, what kind of information you do not share with anyone, just yourself, you know, you, you just hold it for yourself because you know, it's going to create some negativity or maybe discomfort or insecurities to people. I would say that Sometimes I don't share <clears throat> my personal goals with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would say uh, when it comes to business and and major strategic decisions that have to be made, I have to be really careful about saying things too early sometimes if they're not fully baked. So I, sometimes some things you're just not ready to share because you're not exactly sure how you're going to execute or you haven't formulated a plan. If I haven't mm-hmm. formulated a plan, let me know if I'm on this question correctly. Um, I'll walk around a lot or I'll usually go get a workout in. And by the end of the workout, I figured it out and I've written it down. I always, mm-hmm. I always exercise for me. I worked through everything. Mm-hmm. I think it was a major roadblock. I was kind of jammed up. I can't figure it out. I go work out for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I got to figure it out. And so that's what I do. But I, but there are times when I notice with myself and with lots of other founders, so I'm super transparent and communicative about things. Sometimes I share things too early and I got to pull it back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your word as a leader, is a, is a founder, as a CEO, whatever your title is, you know, is gospel. And once you say it, you've said it and it's hard to take it back. Mm. And you're like, well, but, but actually I didn't really mean it that way. This is what I mean. But, but, but people hang on your word and it's really, and you want to say, I'm just human, just like you, I'm just a person. Mm. And I, and I made this statement, but what I meant to say was this. And some say, oh, I totally mm. get it. Some say, well, how could you ever do that? You're the CEO. You should know everything you're going to say. And by the way, no one's perfect. <laughs> so, so I get much better at processing going on, literally going on long walks. I listen to a lot of motivational talks. I listen to, you know, nice. I, I listen to a lot of books and, and, and I work out and try to, you know, process this stuff before I all of a sudden just have an urge to say something. Cool. Let's let's wrap it up with uh, five good principles uh, that you would want to share with people. You know, which you—it's purely your your lessons that you think you know have worked for you in business. Uh, you know, just life principles as well is is fine with me. Just any anything that really is a blueprint for you. Lead lead with kindness. You know, always follow through on your word. Make sure you always have the right people around you. You become a product of the five people you spend the most time with always have mm. incredible people around you um find outstanding mentors in life don't forget to enjoy the journey while you're working so hard and you're so successful the whole point of being mm. successful is to be able to spend time with the people you want to spend time with if you think if you think making another 100 million dollars is going to make you happier and you never see the people you love once you make it you're still never going to see them the whole point is spend time with the people you care most about, whether it's an extra $10 or $100 million. Spend time with them. Mm. Um, that, that will fill you up. It fills me up. Super. I think one one personal question, just as a friend, I would love to ask is uh, your reinvestment philosophy in business to keep on going, right? So, for example, you don't, we don't have to talk numbers here, but let's say, you know, uh, let's say we're you know, someone's making $1 million, do you reinvest half of it back in the business and take half because of the stage of the life you are in and securing your family and investments? Uh, you know, do you have some formulas that, okay, 20% goes back or, you know, you know what I mean, right? Like how have you designed your withdrawals versus reinvestment? Well, it, you know, it depends if you have, you know, yeah, it depends what type of business you have. If you have a venture capital, private equity backed business, you know, that's early stage, you invest all of it back in. 
you know, mm. uh, if you have a professional services business, you know, that's about EBITDA, you know, then you make sure that you take care of all the people in the business that deserve to be taken care of. And you invest a good portion of it back in, um, but not irresponsibly, not irresponsibly. Um, so I would say, you know, it really depends on the life cycle of the business, right? I think that if- And, if you, and the goal as well, right? Like if you have some crazy goal, like you want to double the company, obviously you got to put it back, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's 100%. If you want to double the size of the company, and it depends on if your company is valued on top line or if your company is, you know, valued on EBITDA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you, you have to look at, you know, what your objective But do you, like, I, I mean, you know, at, at this phase of life, do you make sure that you are you're harvesting a little bit because then you, you want to make sure that you don't fall and you're, you're super stable, you know, you're just going organically as well uh, because obviously you can invest everything again and again and again and again and then you realize, oh, one bad year, everything's gone. So uh, it must be a systematic approach to growing as well financially and reinvesting in the company. Yeah, it's very systematic, and I think it's important if you're if you're if you're a CEO or founder, you have a fiduciary to help you think about these things, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you understand how to finance your business. You know, are you going to finance your business with all operating cash flow, or are you going to you know have a good banking relationship? You know, where you mm-hmm. have a good revolver and you can you know double down when necessary and kind of like have a a treasure trove of cash when you need to invest in the business which is a little more challenging this day and age because capital is more expensive, but it really just depends on kind of like what your, what your objective is. If you have a lifestyle business, you want to keep forever. If you have a business that you're looking to, you know, increase EBITDA and potentially go through, you know, some type of kind of growth period um, to take Mm -hmm. on additional capital scale. If you're venture backed and it's just like grow at all costs, you know, as long as... Uh, Sorry, what, what, one last it. question. I, 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 got, I got that, Josh. One last question is, you know, how, how much do you believe in momentum and timing and to accelerate when you can smell it, this is the time, this is the time, you know? And you've seen the cycles, right? I'm sure you've seen flat, flat you've seen down, you've seen, you know, uh, up. Do you really as a leader sense that this is the time I'm going to triple down? Have you done those kind of things? 100%. Hundred percent. I mean, I think you have to like it, it, it's an instinct. It's a mm. it's a primal instinct when you've built this thing, this engine. You can see things that other people you can feel it. You can't even see it. You can feel it. And yeah, yeah. When, you, when you know, and I feel it when no one else feels it. When 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 everything's down, I'm like, oh, it's up. Like like what what's happening right now in like cannabis? Everyone's like, oh, cannabis is like it's so challenged right now. No, I'm like. Mm, mm. this is where there's opportunity you know what i mean so so yeah. I, I i love that and it depends there's different di- different pieces of the business or different industries that maybe we're focusing on um but yeah man i think i think momentum timing is so, it's so important and you can't manufacture yeah. it it is what it is you have to know yeah, yeah. i've always zigged when everyone else is zagging so i mean you, you do believe in serendipity right i mean point is you it does it is true i believe in serendipity and i believe the harder you work the luckier you get and i believe mm. that momentum is a real thing and it's you can feel it true. you can't write it you can't touch mm. it you can feel it and you've got to be able to accelerate mm. when you feel it and you've got to know it's going to slow down eventually and to recalibrate so you can find it again and so it's really, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I think you do too. It's so impressive to see what you've built and how you've kind of positioned your business and the the foundation of it, you know, post pandemic to be so dynamic. But when everyone was down and out, you're thinking, oh my goodness, look at what I'm able to accomplish. Look what I can start doing with these competitions. Look what I can do virtually. Wait till it all comes back because people want to be together again. And now your business is probably so much more dynamic because of it. Like you have to love to operate. You have to love the challenge. When everything's just going beautifully well, that's not the point. The point is when you got kicked in the butt a little bit, you have to get your backs against the wall, figure out what you need to do. Those are incredible operators, incredible experiences. And I, I happen to just feel so fortunate that I'm able to do this, you know, in my life and in my career. And, and, and I imagine you are as well with what you've created. Cool. Thanks, Josh. Any uh, one last slogan or your best quote you would want to share with the audience? Just make sure you always have a mentor and that you're able to mentor someone else at the same time. 